That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. Well, good morning, and peace be with you. We have some announcements before the announcements. Um, oh, I think uh, Bob is not well this morning, so um, we'll have to wing it with Pastor Ken unless he called somebody. Uh, we'll just, yeah, I'll just, you guys are okay. You can look at your bulletins and find out. Before I forget, <clears throat> the Warner Street Bridge is open, right? Okay, there it is. <laughs> and um, so uh, I don't know how that affects all y'all, but just so you know, it's open and because and, I don't get out that much and that way. But um, thank you for mentioning that to me this morning. Um, what else do I have? Anybody? Let's see. Our... Okay, the church office is closed this week, Monday through Wednesday. We'll be back on Thursday, okay? So happy uh, Independence Day to y'all. And uh, of course, you know, uh, my number's out there as well. If you need anything, it's easiest probably to text me, but uh, call and, and so forth. Um, but otherwise, we'll see you on Thursday-ish you know, for those kind of things. Um, what else? Oh, um, I may sound a little nasally. I got uh, visited by uh, some kind of a flu bug or something uh, earlier this week. I've been two days without a fever. So uh, in lieu of hugs and kisses today, we'll probably do elbows and fist bumps. Ed thought that was a good idea. So I'll just kind of wave to you. I'm not being... Uh, trying to be rude or anything like that. I just don't want to share this with you. So um, that'll explain a lot. Um, and I think, is there anything else, anyone? No? We have a new mission this month. We're going to come alongside our um, brothers and sisters at Victory Outreach for their men's home that they do so much good work with. And those guys also um, are, you know, integral part of the campus, keeping us safe, keeping it clean and all that. So um, we're going to, all donations this month, month go to that mission. And I think that's it. Our opening song, hymn rather, is Oh for a Thousand Tongues. We sing on page 559 of your green hymnal. Please stand if you're able.
We come together this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you, and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, by the working of your Holy Spirit, grant that we may gladly hear your word proclaimed among us and follow its directing through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 28, verses 5 through 9, and this can be found on page 1220 in the Pew Bible. Jeremiah 28, 5 through 9. Then the prophet Jeremiah replied to the prophet Hananiah, before the priest and all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord, he said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord fulfill the words you have prophesied by bringing the articles of the Lord's house and all the exiles back to this place from Babylon. Nevertheless, listen to what I have to say in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. From early times, the prophets who preceded you and me have prophesied war, disaster, and plague against many countries and great kingdoms. But the prophet who prophesies peace will be recognized as one truly sent by the Lord only if his prediction comes true. We will read Psalm 119, verses 153 through 160, it is found on page 6 in the bulletin. Psalm 119, 153 through 160. Look on my suffering and deliver me, for I have not forgotten your law. Defend my cause and redeem me. Preserve my life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek out your decrees. Your compassion, Lord, is great. Preserve my life according to your laws. Many are the foes who persecute me, but I have not turned from your statues. I look on faithfulness with loathing. See how I love your precepts? Preserve my life, Lord, in accordance with your love. All your words are true. All your righteous laws are eternal. The next reading is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 7, verses 1 through 13, and this can be found on page 1755 in the Pew Bible. Romans 7, 1 through 13. Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives. For example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive, but if her husband dies, she is released from the law that binds her to him. So then, if she has sexual relations with another man while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from that law and is not an adulteress if she marries another man. So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us, so that we bore fruit for death. But now, by dying to what, what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in a new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. 
What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, You shall not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Once I was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me and through the commandment put me to death. So then, the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous and good. Did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it used what is good to bring about my death so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning does indeed come from St. Matthew, chapter 10, verses 34 through 42, and can be found on page 1512 in the Pew Bible. Matthew records, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or their mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. This is the gospel of the Lord Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. You may have noticed that the readings this morning were particularly difficult. I hope that you will pay as close attention to me and what I say in the next, I'll try to keep it under 20 minutes, very closely. Because so often scripture is taken 
out of context and misunderstood, and then even worse than that, repeated or acted on in a way that it's not intended. And so I'm hoping that we can unpack this and we can make sense of it together. You notice that in this morning's gospel, we heard Jesus say this, and I said it with emphasis, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come in peace. I have come with a sword. That's Matthew 10, 34. And if you notice, these words sound violently uncharacteristic for Jesus. After all, isn't this the Jesus who said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. That's John 14, verse 27. So what's the deal? Why would he say this? Well, to truly understand what Jesus is teaching, we need to understand it in its context. It is often very misleading to read a single verse of the Bible in isolation. And these were examples today. In some cases, a verse in isolation can seem to mean almost the opposite, the opposite of what it truly means when taken in context. And today's gospel is a short section that was taken from Jesus' instruction to his disciples as he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God to the lost sheep of Israel. He has, prior to the part we wrote, read this morning, Jesus has given his disciples the authority to drive out demons, to heal the sick, and to even raise the dead. He has told them how God will care for them as they travel so that they do not need to take extra provisions with them on this trip. He has told them how to bring the peace of God on the places that they visit. Now, you would think, if you go around healing us the sick, if you go around driving out demons and raising people from the dead, you would expect people to be lined up for miles waiting to see the disciples as they brought the good news of the kingdom to the people. Wouldn't you? The words of Jesus that we heard today are a reality check. You may think that people will be grateful for all those things, but don't count on it. That's what he's telling them. Jesus is basically telling his followers that they should expect conflict when they faithfully proclaim the gospel. It is not that Jesus wants the sword instead of peace. Instead, Jesus wants the gospel proclaimed to the world. But the world does not want to hear the gospel. When Jesus states that his gospel will bring the sword, he is telling the simple truth that the world will use the sword against those who proclaim the gospel. He is simply telling those who faithfully proclaim the gospel that they should expect violence against them. Jesus told the disciples that the violence will even come from family and that violence will even come from friends. Jesus said this, 
I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against his mo her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Again, it's not that Jesus wants it to be this way, but he knows that sin, death, and the devil will do everything in their power to strike at those who proclaim the gospel. And that, those, that, that, that Satan will use even those, the ones that we love, he'll use them the most to attack us. And what this means is that we may at times at some times we may have to go against family in order to remain faithful. That's the point that Jesus made when he said this in Matthew 10, 37 through 39. He says, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Okay, so you see, we who confess our faith to the world have the most wonderful soul-saving message of peace to share to everyone. And God himself, well, he has come down from his throne to live among us as one of us. That he has taken all our sin into his innocence. And he has taken on himself the punishment that we deserved for that sin. He has absorbed the total judgment of God against all our sins to the point of dying on the cross. That's the gospel. He has proclaimed that his sacrifice on the cross was sufficient by resurrecting, by rising from the dead. And now he reigns in heaven and he prepares a place for us to live with him in paradise forever. That's the gospel. But wait, there's more. To top it all off, all of that that he did is free. It was very expensive for Jesus, but it is free for us. And even the faith that receives it all is a free gift from the Holy Spirit. It's all free. Now you would think, you might think that with a message like that, that every man and woman and child would want a piece of that action. Give it to me. But Jesus' words in today's gospel tell us to think otherwise. He told his disciples and he tells us that as wonderful as the gospel message is, many will reject it even though our message is the most wonderful message of all, it will make some people angry instead of thankful. Even people that we love will become angry with us because we are faithful to God. And here's where it gets really tough. Are you listening? Here's where it gets tough. It is as if Jesus said, who is more important to you? Your parents or me? Who is more important to you? Your children or me? For several centuries... We in the United States, we've been spoiled. 
and that our family and our friends and our neighbors, either they were Christian or at least they respected Christians. And as the writer to the Hebrews said, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your own blood. There was a pastor who once told me a personal account that he had met a couple who were forced to watch as a mob tortured their children to death because they refused to confess that Allah is God and Muhammad is the prophet. And he asked, he was asked, are you ready to follow their example? When I begin to understand what we just heard Jesus say in the gospel, I must admit that I'm not worthy of Jesus. I have to admit to you that I can't live up to the standard that Jesus sets in today's gospel, that I am guilty. I must admit that no one can live up to his standard, this standard. Well, actually, it's not quite right. The fact is, that in all of history, in all of history, there has been one man who lived up to the standard, and that man is Jesus Christ himself. There was a time when even Jesus' family did not believe in him. We hear in Matthew 12, 46 through 50, we hear it recorded, while Jesus was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And then stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother, here are my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus left his family behind for the sake of the kingdom of God. And as far as taking up the cross, well, his cross was not just a figure of speech, was it? We read, so they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. He literally carried his cross as well as our sin. He suffered shame. He suffered torture and ultimately surrendered his life for us. And he kept the standard that we could not keep. He secured the salvation that we could not reach. Jesus himself, he suffered the sword that he speaks of in today's gospel. Further, Judas was one of his chosen disciples. He was a close friend. And despite that, Judas betrayed Jesus. Peter was also a chosen friend, and he denied Jesus. The most prestigious members of society backed Pilate into a corner in order to put Jesus to death. The people who should have known and should have loved him the most were those who hated him the worst. And even so, Jesus earned salvation even for them. And Jesus now offers that salvation to the entire world. And we 
received the benefits of that salvation through the Holy Spirit's gift of faith. And along with that faith comes the comfort that, that carries us when the world responds to the peace of Christ with a sword. Especially when those carrying the sword are the people that we love. God desires peace. That is the reason that he sent his son into the world to suffer and to die. And Jesus purchased God's peace, peace with his cruel, bloody death. And we receive that peace that Jesus purchased through the Holy Spirit's gift of faith. It's all free for us. It was a terrible price for him. The world hates God's peace. That is the reason that his message often brings the sword instead of peace. And the same Holy Spirit who gives us the faith that receives God's peace will also give us endurance to carry the cross of the world's opposition and of the world's rejection. And sometimes, sometimes it is very depressing, very painful. The gospel of Jesus Christ often brings the temporary sword of the world. But ultimately, it gives us the eternal peace of God. It is in the name of Jesus. Amen.
you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed, found on page 3 of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, ascended into hell. And on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Dear Lord and God Almighty, we gather this morning to praise your holy name as Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us through another week of uncertainty, fear for our nation's future, and worry about viruses and other diseases. Thank you for constantly reminding us that we need not fear because you are in control of the world even where Satan seems to rule without limit. Thank you for tolerating our stubbornness, relentless disregard for your directions in our lives, doubts, and petulant disrespect for you, the creator of the universe. Thank you for always reminding us that our home is in heaven with you and that life on earth is only temporary for all of us. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to comfort us when life happens. Heavenly Father, this week we celebrate our nation's independence from an oppressive government nearly 250 years ago. Because of your great mercy and guidance, our revolutionary citizen army and our nation's founding fathers prevailed in their pursuit of personal freedom and crafted a national constitution to guide our governance and a bill of rights for all citizens to embrace their personal freedoms. Your hand, Holy Father, clearly guided the creation of these documents that are unlike and unmatched by any other people on earth. We're truly thankful when we pause long enough to consider our blessed situation within the world, and we hope and pray that you will continue to stand by our nation and protect us from those who would destroy us, whether from inside or outside our borders. If you allow us to remain strong, Lord, we can continue to be a blessing to other nations in need. Lord, thank you for moderate weather, beautiful natural surroundings, and family and friends to provide companionship, joy in good times, and comfort when troubles visit. Thank you for this faithful church family of believers in the saving grace of your son Jesus, and for sending us Pastor Ken, who preaches your gospel and reinforces our faith. Lord, we pray for the safety of those who worship here and your protective embrace of all faithful wherever they are. We also give thanks for healing those among us who are ill or suffering. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for providing encouragement in our hearts when we face very difficult circumstances in our lives, whether medical, financial, or hopelessness and despair. Thank you for sending others to provide comfort and petitioning our Father on our behalf. We pray for the safety of our military members, police and firefighters, and all the firefighters working to extinguish the massive wildfires in Canada. Please continue to shield all of them from harm while serving others. God Almighty, we pray for your protection of our children who face the enticements of Satan every day and everywhere. 
we know that we sometimes succumb to worldly values and norms, even when we know better, but then we leave our children defenseless. Please help us focus on educating our young ones about you, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, so that they may protect themselves against the evils of this world. Thank you, Holy Father, for protecting those who travel and take vacations from the troubles of our daily lives. Please cause their souls to be refreshed by the beauty of your creation and the family and friends you have placed into their lives. We also pray for the safety of the many people who will be joyously celebrating our nation's independence over the next several days. Please protect us all from poor decision-making and harm during these celebrations. Jesus, our Lord, we thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to guide and counsel us and for being ever-present within us until you come again to bring us home to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for our faith in the holy saving grace of God's only Son, Jesus. We trust in our heavenly future with him and can find peace within our faith, but you know our anxiety and fear during our time on earth. Please show us your mighty presence in our lives so that our fears turn to joy and contentment in the security you provide. Dear God Almighty, thank you for hearing and answering our prayers, even those we don't speak aloud. Please give us patience to await your answers when your timing is perfect. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace. Would you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is indeed right and salutary that we should, at all times and in all places, offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection, he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread, and he gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks. 
And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that our Lord Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. The gift was purchased by Christ on that cross and is given to you and all who believe freely. He calls us to not doubt, to repent and believe. And we can't even do that on our own. So he gives us another gift, a gift of faith through the Holy Spirit. If that's your confession that you receive, you didn't earn, you don't fight for, you don't, you don't do anything other than receive the free gift of salvation through what Christ did on that cross. If he is your Lord and Savior and you confess him with your lips, and I heard you, then come, the table is prepared. The uh, ushers will bring you forward.
and now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sending song is, you all probably know it before I even can say it here. This is my Father's Word on page 554.